Sean Dizzle. Mikey Hizzle. With the click that was like a half of a second after me. I heard it. Whatever, dude. <laughs> it was a nice pause, though. <laughs> hey, man, we're both back on. Yeah. Yeah, you did a good job on the solo EP. Uh, I listened I to it because I'm that weirdo. And uh, I was like, wow, I'm saying the same thing three different ways over and over. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know. Everybody's their own worst critic. Yeah, what do you think about this shit, man? I guess we can just get into it. Yeah, all of this shit can get the finger. Although... The middle. Happy recording day. Happy recording day. Hey, welcome to the Unchurched Podcast, where your hosts, Michael and Sean, discuss issues of church, life, and religion. No subject is off limits, and our honesty and humor drives our discussion. We welcome you to sit in on the conversation and laugh with us as we challenge serious things. So pour your drink, kick your feet up, and let's get started with the show. Dude, friggin' Trump's getting impeached for the second time. I love that meme you sent from uh, Clinton. Impeached (laughs) twice. (laughs) Not one (laughs) blowjob. Oh, what a loser. I've been back and forth personally with like, yeah, impeach him. Yeah, don't impeach him. But then I heard, I watched, I mean, definitely not all, or probably even the majority of what was going on in the House, but all the representatives from, you know, around the nation um, were pleading their their little two or 30 second case. And it actually made me, like, it was very informative. Hi, wife. You want to say something? Wifey! No. Something about a green card and going into Mexico? Well, so we moved. And we're trying to find local spots with good food. Well, we found a couple. And um, we're doing that DoorDash thing. Oh, yeah. Adding $10 to the back of your meal. Well, no. So they did some promo and you got like... A certain amount of time where it was free or Mm -hmm. like discounted or something. Nice. So today's the last day. She's like, I want some gringo dip. (laughs) Which, dude, it's the shit. You got to say that in uh, your not so Libre voice. Anyway, I thought it was very informative watching Do it. the House Do representatives it. freaking... No. Huh? Give me the Nacho Libre voice. 
saying gringo dip yes i don't even know how to do that because every time i use that voice i'm just saying what he said well you have to start with you have to get yourself in the mindset by saying go away read some books (laughs) go ahead order the gringo dip Make sure they bring the chips. <laughs> Ignacio, where are the chips? <laughs> Did you tell him they were the Lord's chips? <laughs> it was too fast. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you. I don't you. even That's do a good impersonation, but I'm glad you enjoy I it. I think it's funny. I think it's hilarious. It's because so. I'm white, isn't it? <laughs> Too soon? Not soon enough. All right. So Trump is getting impeached. You got a greater understanding after watching some stuff on TV. I'm kind of over it now. It's the third fucking time. (laughs) No, it was informative, and I kind of lean towards they should impeach him because of what he did for two reasons. One, I don't think he can run again, right? Oh, uh, so the I guess the jury is out on that. I mean, because like I said before, I, I was talking to Matt about this. I said, uh, didn't Clinton? Clinton got impeached. He ran two terms. Yeah, but isn't there a part in the impeachment process where like you get kicked out, which didn't happen? I, I, I think what it is is like you lose some rights. I, uh, I'm an idiot. I haven't researched this. I don't know. Well, I am but too. But I think, I think you lose some privileges of information of intel and the ability to weigh in on what to do. I think that's about it. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't. I don't. I don't think it's any more than that. Well, my thing is. Whether it's a legal thing or not, I mean, who wants to vote for a twice impeached president? Well, I don't know. I mean, that being said, look at everything uh. that's going on. So obviously, people would. But <clears throat> the main reason is I feel like, and I've even said it, like, leave the man alone. He's got, you know, four days. Like, who cares? But. The things that he did, he should be held accountable for. That's what I think mm. is the biggest thing pushing me to being pro impeachment because, I mean, <clears throat> it seems to me, from my opinion of this man, our POTUS, he does what he wants and he gets what he wants. And if he doesn't, he whines and cries, and lies, and it's like, dude, if you did something wrong, like, you gotta own up to that shit. You're the fucking president, man. Hmm. Just looked it up. I agree with everything you just said. And I think that he is a POS for doing the things that he did, and... Point of sale. I... (laughs) point of sale exactly (laughs) (laughs) 
and I agree with the impeachment. I say go for it. More parts of you. Um, but so from Chandra Law Firm, whoever that is, I don't know. They say that if a president of the United States is impeached by the House and convicted by the Senate, can that now former president run for and become president again? And the answer is no. So that's but what the cop- That's what it comes <clears throat> down to is the Senate passing it. The Senate has to pass it, yes. So I don't remember Which, if Clinton, did it go to the Senate? I thought it did. Hmm. I thought it did. Uh, then again, you know, I was fresh out of high school. I really wasn't paying that close attention to politics then. I don't remember. I, I'd have to look it up. Well, I think I was still in high school. Oh, shut up. What, fresh out of high school? That could be like, you're 19. I could have been 17. (laughs) Okay, fair. Still didn't give a shit. (laughs) This is how bad it was. I typed in was, and Google filled out the rest for me. Bill Clinton impeached. (laughs) I wonder, they knew exactly where I was going. I wonder how many times that's been searched just today alone. So he was impeached by the House of Representatives December 19th, 1998 on grounds of perjury to a grand jury and obstruction of justice. But did it pass in the House? I was in middle school. I was still in high school too in 1998. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, <clears throat> like I've said time and time again, it's crazy. And the timing of it is crazy as well, you know? <clears throat> but I'm glad they're finding these people and proving that they're not Antifa. Because all those news media peeps saying, oh, they were. Undercover Antifa people dressed as Trump people, and then, like, you find out now people have researched these people and they are full on Trump supporters. Uh, no doubt about it. And um, I refuse to believe that Antifa had anything to do about it. It would have been very clever, though. Maybe. So I was listening to a guy on the news yesterday, or no, maybe it was today. It was today, actually. And he was talking about, uh, no, it wasn't. It was a podcast. I was listening to a podcast. And the guy was saying that some of the things that Trump says regularly are the most fascist things that anyone could ever say. Right. Like they're basically putting himself in the place of power and representation of everyone and in such a way to defy the status quo and, you know, the definition of fascism, if you will. And he keeps preaching so much about Antifa uh, 
the speculation is that he's the biggest part of it. Which is interesting. I thought it was a very interesting argument. Not that I necessarily agreed with him. Uh, but, you know, they play, <clears throat> excuse me, played a bunch of clips of him just sounding like a complete Marxist. And, and it's, you know, stuff that he's been saying since 2016 or even before. So it's not new. But, you know, my issue has been, all the way up to this time, my issue has been, you know, people are getting mad about the things that he says and the things that he's doing currently. But it's not anything different. He hasn't changed his mode of operation. It's the same shit that he ran on, that he campaigned on. So, I I don't know, I, I kind of feel like this is a huge overreaction and an overreach on a lot of people's parts. And like I said before, just complete intellectual dishonesty. You know, not being willing to call a spade a spade. Like we've tolerated this stuff for four years and now at the last minute we want to stand up to the bully, if you will. I just kind of feel like it's, it's an overreach for political gain. And since it all comes down to politics anyway, I'm just becoming more and more disinterested by the day. Maybe that's just me. But that's honestly how I feel. No, I get it. I mean, <clears throat> watching the house operate, it's like why I don't like politics. Because on both sides, it seemed to be a little more to the right that this was happening. But to be fair, both sides are doing it. And it's like, oh, this side did that. And we only did this. And then the other side is like, well, you say that you only did this, but you did that. And it's like, cool. We're in ninth grade again. <laughs> and I know it's more than that, obviously. But it's just like there's no agreeing, hardly. Which I guess is part of being a democracy. That's why we vote. I mean, you know, whatever. But me personally, I just, I, it's not my thing. I don't enjoy it. It's kind of fascinating that it works. And sometimes I feel like it doesn't. But like, it's not, I just, it's not my thing. I can't stand it really. Then I'm seeing Biden address the the nation about all this money he's spending and like I looked over at my wife and I'm like you know a lot of this is cool some of it I don't really necessarily agree with but like I wonder how much of this should have been done like a year ago and now doing it now is it too late or maybe not too late but is it really going to help us more or hurt us more and again i'm ignorant i don't know this is my opinion so whatever but like uh, that was one thing i was thinking about it's like oh yeah this is some cool stuff well probably should have been done <laughs> 10 months ago yeah because you know what power did he have to do it right 
Well, yeah, but that's, I guess that's a negative for Trump is like, dude, why didn't you do the things to like make this better for everybody? America, America great again. Yeah. (laughs) You just want to say, oh, it's the China virus. I'm being super facetious. Blame it on other people. Sure. Imagine that. I think it was Jimmy Kimmel. He did this little bit on one of his. Have you watched that lately? Where it's just him in his house? No, no. I, I, you know, back in the day, they used to say of Jim Carrey that he was an overactor. And that's how I feel about Jimmy Kimmel. No, not Jimmy Kimmel. That's how I feel about Jimmy Fallon. No, Jimmy Kimmel, I've never paid attention to. I think he's boring at best. So, no. Well, it is a little strange watching that type of show because we're so used to, like, a live crowd and they, like, cue applause and laughter. Sure. So he'll, like, throw a joke down and then pause for, like, half a second. And then he'll just keep (laughs) going. So it's like... Sure. You know, whatever. But anyway, I like watching it just to get different opinions and viewpoints and stuff like that. And one thing he um he was pointing out was um you know, if, if only someone would have warned us about Trump before and he's showing this uh clip of the debate between him and Hillary and he lost this and he blamed it on that and he lost this and he blamed it on that. (laughs) And then his show, you know, Oh, what was it? Something about his show not getting nominated for something. And he blamed it on, you know, something else. She's like, this is what he does. There's a pattern here. And like, Mm -hmm thinking about that now it's like damn i mean she called it for sure no doubt about it she called a lot of things i mean has he owned up to anything yeah yeah yeah, yeah. hell she called a lot of people hitmen as well (laughs) to kill people so she makes a lot of calls I mean, that's not a pro-Hillary thing. I'm just saying, like, Uh, looking back on all this shit, it's funny to see her saying that now. Hashtag Epstein didn't kill himself. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just stirring the pot tonight, bro. I I guess that's the mood I'm in. I don't know. I'm just so done. I'm ready for January 20th. So that this shit can just be, we move on to the next chapter. I think it's still funny that, you know, all the, like the video that I sent you today or yesterday, it's like 20 minutes long of Biden. Yeah. Just kind of like. You know what it says. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 That was funny. I mean, the clip of him just kind of like answering uh, questions from, you know, video stuff that was sent in. 
and and him reading the answers off of a teleprompter, like somebody feeding him the answers in real time. And then the news reporter, you know, playing the playing the thing back uh, was like, you know, we're used to politicians being able to answer these types of questions, you know, on the fly, off cuff, you know, not reading from a teleprompter, but apparently he has to. And just on it, like I said, 20 minute video of, of all of his gaffes. Uh, I think it's just we're we're in for an interesting four years. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. I mean, it, you, you're going to have Trump and his supporters still bitching about a rigged election. And. um and building up his base for his 2024 run, providing the Senate doesn't, you know, go along with the impeachment. Which, as far as I understand at this point today, uh, you need like 17 Republicans in the Senate to jump ship from Trump in order to make the Senate, you know, approve the, you know, go along with the impeachment. I think that's super far fetched and it's just not going to happen. But if it does, boy, is that super telling about how afraid of Trump they were for the last four years. And now finally they're starting to grow some balls to stand up to him at the last on his, you know, on his way out. And, and frankly, the Senate is on break right now until the 19th, I believe. Yeah. So, and his last day is the nineteenth. So they're they're not even going to actually vote on whether or not to impeach the president until the nineteenth. And even after, even if they did vote, you know, they get that extra seventeen votes to to impeach him. The impeachment proceedings won't start until after he's off, uh, out of office. So it's almost a moot point. The The only thing that they would actually gain is banning him from ever being able to run again in 2024. Which he would be 78 years old at that point in 2024. Why in the world would he run a run anyway? And I still ask that same question about Joe Biden. Why in the world do you want to be president at 78? I just don't get it. And now we're going to have to put up with his bullshit. I don't like either one of them, man. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Neither do I. But I mean, the I'm, I'm still baffled by why you would ever want to run and be president at 78 years old. I, I just don't get it. So I, you can't tell me that you are like at 78, you're so in tune with the world. I don't believe it. You, you <laughs> won't be able to convince me with that. You, you cannot convince me that a 78 year old is is the most qualified person to be the leader of the free world. I get the experience and I get the knowledge and blah, blah, blah. All the past great things, whatever you want to say. I'm sorry, dude. I, my wife has problem with technology and she's 32. And that's not a slap against my wife. I mean, we, 
we joke around all the time about her being like, she's Jenna, you know, 2.0. She's like way behind on the times on, on how technology works as smart as she is. 78 years old, man. You, you, you cannot tell me that you are, you, you won't be able to convince me that you are sharp enough mentally in order to lead a country. I just don't believe it. It's going to be crazy. You just think about all of, and I'm not trying to be an ageist or, you know, be derogatory towards old people. That's not what I'm doing at all. I, I'm leg- legitimately baffled by this country that we're going this route, given the fact that, I don't know. I'm going to put my foot in my mouth, so I'm just going to stop talking. I'm baffled. So, cheers. Cheers to the next four years, or however long he lasts. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't like it, but we got to deal with it. And you know what? If he lives to be inaugurated, inaugurated, I said that right, right? Inaugurated? Inaugurated. Whatever. He lives to see that day. He becomes president. It's the culmination of his entire political career. Um, I think it's an awesome thing for him and for his family. And it, it, it validates, you know, him becoming president, validates his career and all of that. And that's great. But I'm also willing to be honest and say that I'm a little terrified. Um, I'm a little terrified because all he knows is politics and I don't know. I just kind of feel like we need to be moving away from that a little bit. Time will tell, man. What, uh, what is to come? Yeah. I'm a little concerned Uh, with this whole minimum wage thing, bro. How so? Well, because, like, I feel like people don't really think about the consequences of minimum wage raising. So, like, I used to work at a coffee shop, right? Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, family-owned and operated. I mean, they're not, like, franchising out, you know. And, I mean, how many businesses out there are like that? Or very similar in their own way. So you go from paying your people, you know, friggin', I mean, what is that, like seven more dollars an hour? Okay, well, your four dollar coffee now just went up to probably seven or eight dollars. Like, do you realize yeah. that's what, that's how it happens? <laughs> Bro, that's what's coming. So like it's that's what's coming. It's like, oh yeah, we make more money. Yeah, well now shit's gonna be more expensive. Mm-hmm. So good on you, I guess. Not to mention, like this is very cynical and jaded. But and very Republican <clears throat> of you. I'm just gonna say it, like if you're dropping French fries at a fryer at McDonald's, why you need to be making fifteen dollars an hour? 
<laughs> I don't I don't get it. Hey man, you know what? Go for it. It's your turn to insert your foot in your <clears throat> mouth. So Well, I mean ahead. I should probably stop there, but it's like So what does that mean? Like are other wages gonna go up? I mean then they're gonna have to. What if a manager right now is making fifteen dollars an hour at whatever place you wanna say? And now minimum wage goes up to $15 an hour within a year time. The manager ain't going to be cool with making 15 while the part-time hired help who just got hired yesterday is making the same amount of money. So their wages are going to have to go up. Where's this money coming from when all these businesses are shut down or running, you know, half staff, like things are hurting, man. I know it doesn't look like it if you go to Walmart because, like, everybody be out spending their Trump money. But, like, this is not normal life right now. It just, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to to raise the wage right now. And that's my opinion. And I'm probably wrong because who the hell am I? Mm. But I, uh, it's concerning to me. And it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. I'm not trying to say good uh, people shouldn't make money, by the way. Oh, of course not. I just know there's a lot of bad people or not so good people who want to just drop fries in a fryer and get paid, you know, $70,000 a year doing it and not apply themselves. So then the people that do apply themselves and work their asses off and make nothing out or something out of nothing mm-hmm. you don't just get to ride around and fucking live like a baller because you're working part-time putting ice cream in a cone somewhere no offense and if i sound like an ass i guess i'll own it but like you're also taking away from the fact that like i started there and i had to work and bust my ass and like actually do something not live on welfare and get paid $15 an hour. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Again, I told you it was jaded, but. <laughs> I think so, too. Um, sorry. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. Well, it's an interesting thing with the way technology is going. Like the last time I was at McDonald's, I saw their little cup dispenser thing. It did everything. As long as somewhere someone's there to load the cups in the machine, that's it. It's over. You don't touch that cup until you're giving it to the person. So how long before there's going to be a robot or an automated system where you don't need the person to drop the cups anymore? It hears the word large Coke, and it's like... Large Coke, and it does all the shit, and that person's out of a job. I don't know. Just thinking out loud. So, uh, I was just looking up some numbers here. Forbes. The, you know, the numbers are out for how much we spent as a country. So the government spending for the fiscal year of 2020 was just over six and a half trillion dollars. 
It's the most we've ever spent ever uh, for the for the government. This is the most the government has ever spent in a fiscal year: six and a half trillion dollars. Uh, we have a deficit of just under half of that as a country: three point one trillion dollar deficit, which essentially means that we are printing money, right? And as we continue to just print money, uh, the value of the dollar just goes down and down and down. Eventually, it's going to be nothing. A big portion of our country is owned by China. We've got debts that are out of control with China and uh, Europe and just kind of several places around the world. I understand your argument about increasing the minimum wage, but Uncle Bernie had a better idea. His idea was to eliminate student debt, student loan debt from all these schools and to basically copy some of many of the other countries around the world. Uh, many of the other countries around the world have free education, college tuition. It's all paid for by the government. Right now, um, the total of student debt in this country is about $2 trillion. Imagine if everyone's education was paid for. How, how many more people would go get a college education? And how much better off would our world, our country be with higher educated individuals? Where just like everyone gets a, a high school, not everyone, but the majority get a high school education. And that's normal. It's normal to graduate from high school. It's definitely more accessible, if, for sure. For sure, because it's free. For the most part. I mean, obviously, some people still choose to pay for, you know, elementary school all the way through high school. People pay for it. Preschool to high school. People, there's people that are well, well enough off that they pay for it. Um, but for the most part, you have access to go for public education and get an education. What if the bachelor degree was also public public education and a master's degree or a doctor degree, whatever. It's all public education that you can just get. How much better off? What it would do is you would have more qualified people going into the workforce. People would be making more money. We wouldn't be discussing minimum wage at all because everyone would be qualified for some job somewhere because they have the degree criteria necessary. Which means when you got a populace that is highly educated and are available to make more money, your tax base increases as well. And you're able to, as a government, make more money because you're able to capitalize on more taxes from educated people. Your your wealth to to uh your wealth to poverty ratio begins to shift, you know, towards the wealth side and less poverty. I don't know. Just a thought. But if you're talking I about <clears throat> like government funded college Mm -hmm. Because I do think 
<clears throat> one of the reasons why we have some of the best colleges around the world, and we're not the only, I'm just saying we have some of the best, right? Is because they are privately owned and funded, so they're not necessarily, you know, ruled kind of like governed i don't know does that make sense am i even right i don't know i i, I get what you're laying down but but what i'm saying is or or, or to your point i should say <clears throat> these schools are making money hand over fist they're already subsidized by the government and so what they're doing is they've raised their prices to increase their profits because they were being subsidized by the government. Right. So, so they're making money hand over fist. Hmm. If, 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 uh, if it was all free, uh, obviously there would be a great need for a lot more teachers and stuff like that. But there's a lot of people that want to go into education anyway. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm not trying to. I don't know either. You know, again, it's I don't something either. I'm not super educated on, pun intended. No, me either. I just thought it was a good idea. I'm, I'm looking at it from the standpoint of higher educated people make more money, providing that the jobs are there. And as far as I'm concerned, from, at least from more, my standpoint, mm -hmm. in Michigan, it's hard to find people. It's hard to find talent for a lot of companies that are, you know, within their five, first five, ten years of being active as, as companies. They're having a hard time finding talent. They're having a, a hard time fi finding qualified talent that, that has the education. Right. If the education was free. I mean, I think it's one of the worst things in the world. And this has been said a hundred times over. It's the worst thing in the world to take a, a freaking 22-year-old kid and strap them with $100,000 worth of debt and then send them out into the workforce where they're making $45,000, $50,000 a year. If that. And say, here you go. Live. Yeah. It's, it's terrible, man. You, you can't do it. I know at Tata Motors, they're starting people off at like 65, but it doesn't matter. If you've got $100,000 worth of school debt, what what does it matter? You're still living with your parents. What up, listeners? Just want to take a second and talk to you about Soundstripe. If you need quality music, Soundstripe is the answer. Never worry about licensing again. Founded by three professional musicians who are obsessed with quality. No matter what project you're working on, they've got the songs you need. With Soundstripe, your membership covers the cost for every song license. Just find the right track, download the file, and get a custom license. That's it. No channel or media-specific fees, no reoccurring royalties, ever. Not to mention, they upload new songs every week. And you have unlimited licenses. So go ahead and download as many songs as you want. Soundstripe is trusted by top brands and creatives like Amazon, VW, Microsoft, and Tesla, just to name a few. And with over 5 million licenses issued and over 200 songs added each month, 
Yes, you heard that right. 200 songs each month. Why look any further? So go ahead, use our link, and enjoy unlimited royalty-free music to create exceptional work. Side note, I saw Tata Motors' new logo that's supposed to be coming out, and it's kind of weird. It's already out, and it's already weird. And the funny thing is, is that... Are they going to all be that blue color? Those two gradient blues? Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Because the focus is becoming more electric. That's kind of like, and hey, Ford, (laughs) fuck you. Right? Right? Well, you know, they've always been blue. Uh, But the the thing is, is that... um, when you, oh, what happened was this week, because it just came out last weekend, right? That logo change. They did it backwards. They didn't tell the employees that they were changing the logo. They just did it. Really? My my wife found out, out, out about it before I did. Dang, that's kind of weird. <laughs> we as employees didn't find out until Monday. I mean, there's like not a mass email just going out or nope. something? My wife was... My wife was saying on Saturday, she was like, oh, did you see your company just changed the logo? It looks pretty sweet. And I'm like, there's no way in the fucking world they would have changed the logo and not tell me. Fake news. It's no way. They never would have did that. That would be the dumbest thing ever for them to change the logo and not tell the employees. Sure enough, Monday morning, I'm in a conference call, eight o'clock conference call. And, um. There's a bunch of engineers on there. It's like 90 people and we're all on this call. And uh, one of the topics was, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, we changed the logo. And then all of a sudden, all these people started unmuting themselves. (laughs) And and they're like, "Uh, hey, I thought that this was uh, this. We were moving towards better communication between leadership and employees. Like, why did my wife know about this before I did? It wasn't just me. Like, I, I for, for a minute there, I'm thinking, like, maybe I logged off too early on the Friday or something, and I totally missed the, the memo. Yeah. Nope. Nope. They didn't tell the employees until the Monday after they did it. And it wasn't just me. It was everybody else that was on that call. It was brand new to everybody. Had no idea. So. Anyway. Well, their motors that, are that, still that, the tits. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it definitely rubbed a lot of people the wrong way because they talk so much about open communication and being frank and being a workplace of choice and blah, blah, all this stuff. And then you go and do something like this without even talking and not even like it's like they redesigned the logo in a fucking lab somewhere with just 20 people. It was completely unappreciated. And given the fact that the workforce is such an old workforce, they don't understand logos and branding anyway. So then you go ahead and change the you change something this big, this drastic of a change. Um, (laughs) yeah, there's a lot of upset people. 
Hmm. Yep, a lot of upset people. So, anyway, my point—the uh, point that I was trying to make when I was starting, when I was talking about all the money stuff—is that uh, I was going to go to the stimulus, the stimulus check that went out for everybody, that six hundred dollar check that went to everybody. Yep. Uh, that costs the country almost three trillion dollars to do that. It would have cost less money to eliminate all the student debt for every single American that has it. How much more money would these kids that are 22, 25 years old still working at their first job out of college, but they're strapped with an $800 a month payment for their student loans? How much more money in taxes would the government get back? Had they just eliminated that debt for them? Three trillion, you said? Yeah. Almost three trillion. It was like $2.6 trillion. According to Forbes. I'm looking at Forbes.com. So if anybody wants to fact check me, I'm looking at <clears throat> Forbes. The only thing is, I've seen is that the stimulus I saw something was on the news. Trillion. I don't know. Maybe it was yesterday about Biden's plan, and it's $1.9 trillion. Yeah. But we're getting 1400 each now. Plus what was it? Something about schools and dumping money into better COVID stuff. I don't know. Right. So here's my point. What would be a larger benefit? I know I've said already I I sound like Biden. I keep saying here's my point. Like I keep clarifying my point over and over again. Yeah, but you're but, not doing the E's and the U's and the du <laughs> You know what it says. <laughs> okay, how about I say, here's another point that I want to make. Um, what do you think would be better for an individual to eliminate a huge debt that costs them $800 a month? Let's say it's only $500 a month that they're paying towards this debt. You eliminate that $500 a month or you give them a $500 check, which one is going to benefit them more, which is going to help them out and bring more money back into your government, eliminating their debt or giving them some fucking chump change. To me, it's a no brainer. You spent more money cashing people out. You could have spent less money and eliminated their debt. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Now, what are the repercussions of that? I don't know. I don't see a downside to that, to that philosophy or to that strategy. I don't see a downfall to it. If you're strapped even with $30,000 worth of college school debt, that's, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I just think it was a better way to do it. All that being said, All that being said, I'd like to, on this podcast, officially announce (laughs) I'm running for president. (laughs) 2024. 2024. (laughs) Green Party, here I come. (laughs) 
Um, uh, hell, Kanye tried. Why can't you? He ran Republican, though, I, I believe. I thought he was independent. Was he? Let me look that up. I don't up. know. I tried watching a few of his things, and I'm just like, no. <laughs> just no. <laughs> pencil your dumbass name in, bro. <laughs> Go back to making good music. How about you do that? Or just shut up. You can do that, too. Oh, here we go. The filing declared Kanye 2020 campaign committee with West running as a presidential candidate under the birthday party. Hey, it's your birthday. We're going to party like it's your birthday. What the hell is the birthday party? I don't know. Something he made up when he was high. I don't know. I've I've never heard of the birthday party. Hmm. What abs? <clears throat> the birthday party, independent. Uh, he is yeah, it's independent. But his it was called the birthday party. I mean, there for a second it, he was trying to push that whole Christian. Uh, still agenda, doing it, man. But... His church is doing great. Speaking of church. 47 minutes in the unchurched podcast. Uh, Ain't no church happening right now unless you live in Florida or Texas, bro. Which leads me to my next point. Notice I didn't say it leads me to my point. (laughs) I still have my faculties for the most part. Uh, I had an epiphany today. I was listening to, uh, I was on a, a Zoom call that was, it was called like, uh, it was called, what should we hope for or something like that. It, it was a, like a black caucus thing. Yeah, I'm black, for those that didn't know. Caucus. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm on this all black, black caucus type of Zoom call today. And um, and and it's all very high level, higher level, C suite level, um, you know, successful. Yeah, black you're people. smart. We get it. No, no, no. <laughs> I, it, I I wasn't on the panel. I was just a listener. I was just in the audience. I'm just okay? kidding, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was with the smartest black smart. man ever because I was on it, there. Frankly. Indeed. Probably the well, smartest mostly... <laughs> people have been saying. The smartest that ever was. <laughs> he is so smart. Anyway, they, uh, you know, they were talking about some of the things uh, that that have failed during COVID. Obviously, a lot of businesses and and a lot of churches, and, and basically, they were talking about strategies on, like, if you're a restaurant you probably didn't survive the first 90 days of COVID. A majority of restaurants, probably 95% of restaurants in the country are month to month when it comes down to their bills. You shut them down for a month, you basically sign their death certificate, right? And, and it's clear. I mean, wherever you are in the, in the world, think about your favorite restaurant that's no longer open. It didn't survive. 
It doesn't matter how long they lasted. Mm -hmm. They didn't survive. But then he said they started talking about churches as well. Because they were talking about the community in Detroit. A lot of the predominant black churches in Detroit, but they're 95% black churches in Detroit. Uh, The rest of the 5% probably makes up the Catholics and the Episcopalians and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, many of them, if they did survive, are going to have a hard time rebranding themselves in order to get people to come back to their church. And they started talking about it a little bit deeper, and I stopped listening because my mind just started going a million miles a second. And I was, and I went to my wife who was in the living room reading a book to our son, and I said, thank God we didn't take over your parents' church. Like, thank God we are not in full-time ministry. She said, what are you talking about? I said, this call I'm on, they just said something that I didn't think about. All the pastors right now that are in full-time ministry, like if they aren't like retired and and they're doing full-time ministry just as a retirement gig, they're struggling right now. All the pastors that like they still have a mortgage on their on their building, they have to pay a mortgage. Or even if they don't have a mortgage, they've got taxes that they have to pay. They've got no income coming in because nobody's coming to their church. And most likely nobody nobody's tithing right now because they're not even going to church getting fed spiritually like that. Like either you're being super creative as a pastor, doing shit online and having people send you donations that way, or you're just like on a struggle bus for real. I said, thank God we didn't go into full-time ministry and you didn't quit your job to work in the office full-time or I didn't quit my job to to do it full-time. Thank God we're unchurched right now. Because if we were doing the church thing right now, we would be full-time pastors. That's what we would be doing. No doubt about it. I'm like, this pandemic has come in a time. I don't know. It just started getting my wheels turning. Just like, holy shit, man. I'm so glad that things happened the way that they did. Where we ended up leaving the church and not taking that next step to full-time ministry because people in full-time ministry right now are struggling like crazy. And honestly, this entire year of COVID, I haven't thought about them because we're outside of the church. I have not thought about full-time ministers. I haven't (laughs) thought about, you know, the church that we were at before we dropped out of church. Half of the year was guest speakers. People that were in full-time ministry, they would travel in buses or by plane or whatever. They would come and preach two services, two or three services, get a check, and then go on to the next preaching appointment. And all of that is all but dried up because so many churches are shut down right now. Or if they're not shut down, they've got like a a skeleton crew in there. They're not making any money. But their payments aren't stopping. 
There's no COVID relief for churches where churches are being bailed out by the government. That's not happening. There's no stimulus for churches. There's a lot of people that live off of the tithes and offerings that come in, and they're not getting anything, and they're straight up struggling. And I'm so thankful that we're not in that boat. That was, I honestly swear to God, that was my epiphany today. And I was like, I was about to go out into a praise dance, bro. (laughs) Like, thank you, God, that I don't, I'm not tied to a church. Yeah, I mean, I will say. Tied to a church. Online giving's been a thing. And there are churches out there, even if they don't have the tech, they have a phone and they do Facebook crap. And I mean, they're still, I'm sure they're still getting something. But yeah, I mean, they've got to be hurting just like any other business. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what, a, unfortunately, church is <laughs> here in America. And, um,. Yep. Yeah, I mean, we've said before, though, it's going to be interesting to see how this changes church in general. Even aside from the monetary, you know. Um, But especially with, you know, pastors might have to realize, wow, I need to make money somehow, but I also feel called to lead these people in this community, so how am I going to make that work? And it's no longer going to be about, this is my full-time gig, I drive a Lexus, my wife's got a Audi, we live in a pretty decent home. Things are set, you know, because my flock, they pay their tithes to God, aka my salary. I, You know, that's got to be changing right now. It has to be, no doubt about it. Um, not only does that have to be changing, the thing is, is like there are a lot of pastors out there that just refuse to pass the baton to the next generation. So they are like completely lost when it comes down to uh, what to do with technology in order to still be successful in these COVID times. So they're screwed. You know, just think about a a 70-year-old pastor who really should be getting ready to retire, but hasn't set himself up to be able to retire and pass the baton. Uh, He's looking at young guys like us who actually could take over the church and pastor that church and take it into the next generation. They look at us like we don't know anything or that we don't have enough experience or are whatever, or, or like the things that were just frankly said about me, you know, like I'm prideful, cocky, unteachable, undisciplined, blah, blah, blah. Just all the things that were said. Uh, they are completely screwed right now and unable to adjust because young people need to be taught, not listened to. And so you miss out on this wealth of knowledge that you don't have 
because you look at anybody younger than you as immature and inadequate. And, and just, honestly, dude, I, the more I thought about it today, I, I just, it, it brought me some freedom. Like I was so upset for so long about, damn it, you know, I really feel like this is what God wanted me to do. And this is what I was really called to and blah, blah, blah. And really in that church mindset and, and really ready to make this my life, my life's work, you know, or the second half of my life, whatever. And, uh, and it not happened that way. I'm like, today I just felt like a, such a feeling of relief and contentment. Like, wow. Thank God it didn't work out. Thank, thank God that door closed. Thank God it did. Yeah. Cause I'd, I'd be fucking stressed out right now. Completely stressed out. Seeing the tithes and offerings go from 100% to 10%. I'd be completely stressed out and freaking out about it and trying to figure out a way to make it work. And I don't have any of that pressure. And I feel so good to not have any of that pressure. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like pressure. Bet you do. That's what she said. But even that, like, I can't even crack it. That's what she said over the pulpit. (laughs) How tough would that life be? I mean, I think you would have. You would have a community. I'd still do it. I'd still do it. Just to piss Uh, people off. Just to stir the pot. I still say that's what she said. How come pastors have to be perfect? I don't know. Actually, probably a better question is, why do you think a that's what she said joke is only acceptable outside of Christianity? Air quotes. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's too holy. We can't be real. We can't laugh at funny shit. We can't be funny. We have to be dignified and holy at all times. But that's just not me, and it has never been me. And it's no pastor. I always crack jokes. That's, that's you can't do that. If you could, you'd be no. Jesus, and none of us bitches right. would be here. Right. Yeah, I mean, maybe I was completely unqualified because I wouldn't be able to stop myself from cracking jokes like that. I wouldn't be able to stop myself from worship service maybe. is over. You getting up there, opening your Bible. Yeah. And then you say, so a Jew, a midget, <clears throat> <laughs> walk into a bar. Dude, thank God I didn't take a sip of that beer. <laughs> wow. Yeah, seriously, bro. Seriously. Or, or, or my joke about the, the nuns that died and went to heaven. <laughs> you remember that joke? That would probably be a little too risque if you have little ears in the congregation, though. No, the little ears in the congregation will be down in children's church. They wouldn't be in the congregation. All right. 
I mean, I think I like no. the joke. That's funny. I thought it was funny too. I, I still to this day cannot uh I can't tell that joke without laughing and crying, so uh, speaking of jokes, when are you gonna have your boy on? Oh god. It was supposed to be the first week in January, but that didn't happen, so I don't know, man. We're actually having dinner with them tomorrow night. You gotta set a date. Um, we gotta set a date. Uh, we just gotta do it, we'll man. Set we a don't date know when life's night. gonna be over. Right. All right. Last thing before we close this out, I got an announcement to make. Actually, you know what? We need to actually. It's a new year. We need to get a new drop for special announcements, like the one I'm about to give right I now. I think I just did it. But whatever, you don't like it, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now that Sean is done being sensitive, I am off of the Book of Faces. Really? For like good? Yep. For how long? What are you doing? For good. I did not suspend my account. I completely deleted my account. So you can't even so be no on Facebook. Facebook Messenger anymore? No more Messenger. That was an option. You could actually keep Messenger and delete your page. You can do that. Uh, I chose not to do that. I chose to completely delete everything. Full disclosure, I first went and changed my username and password for my Instagram. So that I can keep that because it's the only social media that I use. I only use Instagram. I don't use Twitter or Facebook at all. Except for to send you stupid shit, you know. Well, that's what I'm um, personally upset about is who's going to send me stupid memes that are vulgar. <laughs> I'll find another way. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. I made the decision today and I feel so good about it. So I, I did it over the computer to make sure it was done right. And then I went onto my iPad to make sure it was deleted off of there. And then I looked at my phone to make sure it was off of there. It completely signed me out of everything. Now they, they, they give you the disclaimer. They say, well, we'll keep your page open for 30 days. And, uh, if you log back in, if you choose to log back in, you'll see the prompt that says you can, you know, remove this delete request. And they'll just kind of like keep baiting you to see if you want to keep your Facebook. Um, but Instagram was the only thing I cared about. So I went and changed my username and password so that I would keep that. But there's like, it, it tells you if you, if you read it all you'll find out that uh, all the stuff that you logged into using Facebook, like all that shit, you're going to have to actually set up a new username and password, and you might actually have to contact that app and tell them you deleted your Facebook, you need a new login, because they might not let you back in, and you just might lose all of your stuff. So if you don't care about losing all of your stuff, that you used on everything that you used Facebook to log into, 
It's fine. Um, so that's what I did. Do you get what I just said, or was that super confusing? I get it. I never use Facebook to log into other stuff, though. <clears throat> I always just use okay. a separate email. But yeah, I get so it. You I know, did. you go to this app or this thing, and it's like, oh, create an account. Why don't you just log in with Facebook? It's like, no, you're tracking me already. I don't need you to keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, well, so I'm the dummy who used Facebook to log into everything. Anything social related. I use Facebook to log into it. So I have to figure out all the stuff that I use Facebook for and redo all of that stuff so that I don't lose my profile. But I literally, I really just wanted to be done with Facebook. I'm one step closer to being an old ass boring man. And it feels so liberating. Dude, if I... If we didn't have a business, I would totally be off of Facebook. I don't really care about it at all. Yeah. I'm done, bro. I'm so done. Um, so here's a question though. Is this like, are you ready to like die on this hill? Like this is permanent or are you leaving it open to, well, if in a month or five or a year, I might get back on. I don't know. There's a cross on the hill. And it says. Here lies. <laughs> Hizzle's Facebook. Social, <laughs> here lies the social media life. Of Michael Hines. All right, man. I'm done, bro. I'm a little I'm jealous. New year, new me. <laughs> so, second question. Shoot. Does the wife know? Nope. <laughs> Third question. <laughs> Is she going to freak out? No, she won't. Yeah. Because uh, I did tell her last week that I was done with Facebook. And that I I don't want it anymore. That I don't use it. I can't tell you the last picture that I posted. I can't tell you the last thing that I liked. It just doesn't happen. I just don't go on there enough. Like I check my messenger every day because I got some friends that send me stupid shit. So they send me stupid shit. I'll forward it along to you or somebody else. And that's about it. Um... So did you make a post before, or you just did this? I just did it. <clears throat> Savage, bro. Yeah, I don't care. Cutting ties. Like, honestly, seriously, like, if you care about me, and I care about you, then we have each other's phone numbers. I agree, totally. So, it is what it is. I don't care. Let it be. Peace. I didn't die. I'm still here. I'm still alive. But I want my Facebook to be deleted before I die. Ooh, like, isn't that a I, weird thing? It is. So I've got some friends that have died. Their Facebook is still active. Yeah, and people like, people, like I have the same thing, and people still message them. Like, hey, miss yeah. your bud, or like. Exactly. And it's just like, man, I, I understand that. 
you know, you're grieving and you miss this person, but like they're not they're not here to check their Facebook. They live forever on Facebook. I don't I mean, maybe I'm an asshole. I usually am. They never so, but I just they never send out a post, but they always get it's the strangest thing to me. It is. It is, for sure. But you know what? I feel free, bro. I I never have to check it again. Never. You're the first person I've told that I've done it. So. Until this drops. Until this drops. You're the only one that knows. 22 other people may know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, bro. I'm off. Good for you, man. I don't care, man. I hope yep. one day I'm I can do it. done with the book it. of faces. <clears throat> Although I don't... I'm pretty sure I'm already off of Twitter. I don't think I have a Twitter anymore. Do I? I mean, you just, still it's have It's just the Unchurch Twitter. You have Hot Mike City. Shameless plug if you need some voiceover work from Hizzle. I do. I still have <clears throat> Hot Mike City on Twitter. I mean, it's just but that you're never tweet. on it. <laughs> yeah. I never go on and I don't tweet. Do you even have the app on your phone? Uh, I think I do. I think I do. Yes. I'm going to say yes. Tentatively, yes, I have Twitter on my You're phone. You're so old, dude. Yeah, and it feels good, bro. <laughs> I'm almost 40. I don't need Facebook, man. I just don't. And if if I come across you at a bar or something like that, and I don't recognize who you are, you just have to reintroduce yourself. It's been 20 years. Give me a break. Well, and this might be a credit to Facebook. And by that, I mean I might be giving them too much praise here. But could you imagine life without Facebook these days? I mean, seriously, in our culture, how different things would be. If you just remove that one social media platform idea mm-hmm. where everyone's connected, it's free, blah, 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 X, Y, Z, like, hey, that rhymed. Indeed. Could you imagine that? Yeah, I can't imagine it. That's why I did I it. can't imagine it. I'm, I'm so excited. I think people would I, literally I, I, die. They would, but ask me another question. Um, okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> ask me, ask me one thing I'm going to miss about Facebook. What's one thing you're going to miss about Facebook? Um, uh, clearly nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I mean. Nothing. Seriously. I literally only use messenger and I use Marketplace. Mind you, I've never bought anything off of Marketplace. I just looked at Marketplace. Just to see what people were selling. Yeah. I dream about buying new grills. And everybody puts their new grill or old used grill on Marketplace. And it, it's always cool. But that's it. Oh, speaking of grills. If I really want to go. Got a new fire pit. 
Congratulations. And you, you sent me that picture. It's very nice. It's been cold since we moved. But no rain. No snow. Yeah. Past two days, it rained yeah. and it snowed. <laughs> <laughs> Question. Did you get a cover for it? Uh, it came with one. Oh, okay. Perfect. All right. Yeah, the last thing you want is that thing to be rusting out, right? I know. I was, first... I was almost like, I'm not going to set it out until it's done. Like, raining, snowing. Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, it's got a cover. It's going to get wet eventually anyway, so let's do it. <clears throat> so have you had your first no. fire yet? Haven't. Well, when you do, let me know, dude. We'll FaceTime and have a cigar. Oh, for sure. You got to christen it right, right? You got to burn something good in it, have a cigar. Sip a little good whiskey. And then let the last thing you put on there, absolutely. And the last thing you do is throw your cigar in the fire. And then your fire pit is officially christened. I feel like I should anoint it with baby oil. WD forty. <laughs> Just wipe it down real good. <laughs> Why is it melting? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's cast iron, right? So it'll have a nice little patina on it. Uh, I don't know if it's cast iron or not. It looks cast iron. That's why I said it. But I mean, any. It, it, any, anything else is not going to really withstand the heat, right? So, I mean, it could be still, but then it wouldn't be black. Well, it's got to be thin because it's not super, super heavy. But one interesting uh, part that came with it, I've never had a fire pit with one of these on it, but it's got this thin circle, like super thin, like, Maybe three pieces of paper thin <clears throat> that you screw on the bottom and it's like a heat shield. And I'm thinking, but isn't that going to get hot? It will, but it's for the grass. It's so that you don't burn, burn the grass. Well, luckily we got a patio. <clears throat> yep. But anyway, fine. I was super excited. It's awesome. And then all I do, I can't wait to get there. Is take Hans out and look at it covered with water sitting on top of it. <laughs> it's better than the water sitting at the bottom of the bowl. And I'm just like busting it out before your first fire. Oh my god, I can't wait. My parents have the same fire pit, and uh, they use it all the time. And they leave it out, so it's completely rusted, but it still works. Yeah. Uh, so our last one, we didn't have a cover and I mean, it got a little rusty, but so the way I do fires, it kind of brought it back to its blackness and then it would rust again. (laughs) Black is beautiful. Black is. So. All right, man. All right, brother. Let's do this thing. Yep. So uh, check us out at unchurchpodcast.show.com. 
email us there as well. Instagram, Twitter is all there and Unchurched Pod. Uh, let us know what you think of this stuff, you know, the impeachment uh, and uh, all the stuff we talked about. Uh, Facebook, full-time ministry, COVID shit. Let us know what you think and uh, we'd love to have a conversation with you. So thanks for listening. Your attention means the world to us. We thank you so much. And we love you a long time. So long we love you. Okay. Peace. Peace. Peace.